From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. And I'm Scott Armstrong. Let's yeah. clarify that it's not a dude in a bikini. <laughs> no, but that's what <laughs> You guys know, you're, you're smiling at me because you know how to get my goat. Um, you have a goat? Yeah, 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 exactly. No, I have a dog, actually. I'm Emily Armstrong. Wow. Sorry for my tears. <laughs> no I'm a crier, and you'll probably know that as you, if you, as you continue to listen to the podcast. We're going to start making silicone bracelets. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Freya Galindo. I can't believe you. <laughs> yeah, right. football, claro. I'm AJ Fry. Apostle. Oh, all right, all right. AJ's yeah. cheating. AJ's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Black Friday. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> or a horrible zombie movie or something. <laughs> and I'm Chelsea Fry. Hola. Buenos dias. Que tal? Que onda? Que lo que? Howdy, partner. What's kicking, little chicken? <laughs> Hello, Gubna. Kanichiwa. Guten tag. What's cooking, good looking? Kamusta. Bonjour. Ni hao. Wham. 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 <laughs> Bonjour, Manu. Shalom. What's up, Buttercup? What's the gist, physicist? Que pachuca potaluca. Hello, and welcome back to the Worthless Servants podcast. Oh, great to be back with you. I always say that, but it is. It truly <laughs> is. I am thankful for our <laughs> listeners. And uh, this episode is going to be a little bit different. Uh, we have realized after our 100th episode, our anniversary. By the way, you need to check that out. If you have not checked that out, two weeks ago, we had our 100th celebration and it was awesome. It, it was, was it was so much fun. Uh, Chelsea took the reins, did a great job, and uh, it was a blast. It was really good. But it's also kind of a good introduction to our um, podcast and, and to who we are as the Worthless Servants. But we're also including episodes 101 and 102 as kind of um, revisiting. We know we have a lot of listeners that have come along just in the last 20, 25 episodes, perhaps. And so uh, we really want to kind of give you a, a glimpse of what some of those early episodes were like. So we're not going to do all, all 50, all, 50 all 100. Right now. <laughs> yeah, but this episode we are going to, we've picked out five clips. And so, yeah, you won't hear Fun Facts with Chelsea. Uh, <laughs> here you've already heard AJ's with me, but uh, the, the other girls aren't with us. I don't know. Anything you'd like to say before we kind of set up a few of these clips? It was very interesting listening to, to some of these clips because these are pre-50, 50th episode, right? Yeah. And so it's like the first one we're going to listen to is episode five, and you can definitely tell the difference like between the quality of sound. So you're, you're as, saying just technical aspects. Yes, from the like technical aspects. It, it was aspects. good what we said. Yes, very much. But from the technical side of it, it's like you can definitely tell that we've progressed over time. And even like how we say things and what we say, it's just very interesting. Yeah, good point. <laughs> and you'll, pro- you'll probably notice as you're listening to these, there, that there's a difference in a progression, especially if you, <laughs> the, true. the last one we're going to introduce today is number 36, but then the first one for next episodes is going to be 62. You can definitely tell oh, a huge difference 
between episode 36 and 62. I had not thought through this, but uh, yeah, they are going to be able to literally in two episodes yeah. hear our progression of like bad uh, materials or, <laughs> or equipment that we had to yeah. good and or better at least. Better, yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, good point. Yeah. Well, let's dive in. I mean, the first one is back in episode five. Now, some of you might be like, whoa, that's crazy. I mean, we, in our first episodes, we touched on uh, what is Genesis, uh, you know, uh, we touched on why worthless servants. Some of you are still wondering that, by the way. Um, <laughs> it comes from Luke 17, and we've used it, obviously, as just a as just a way to say, listen, um, we're not doing this for the acclaim. We're not doing this to be recognized. Uh, it's a way to remind us that we're just, uh, as missionaries, we should be serving the Lord and uh, not really receiving, you know, desiring to receive anything in return. It's just a privilege to be able to serve Him. And and that's kind of our, our mantra. That's kind of our idea. So anyway, we get into a lot of that in the first few episodes. But one of our first episodes was missionary. It just uh, <laughs> said missionary. And uh, AJ, I remember uh, for you, like we talked about this even before the episode. And for you, it was like different to think, are we all missionaries or is just are, are, yeah. the, are the ones that are just overseas missionaries? Yeah, I like I like in this episode how we kind of break that down and kind of to look back on this episode or listen back on this episode and hear my own like insecurities on like, maybe not insecurities is the wrong word, but my, my questioning, like who is a missionary? How do we define this? You know? And just for us to walk through that in that episode, in the whole episode and just come to this conclusion of like, okay, I, f I feel better with this kind of definition of missionary. And we, you'll hear a couple clips here um, of us kind of walking through that and asking, you know, who is a missionary? Oh, I thought a missionary was this. And this is, this is what Chelsea and I taught our teens as a missionary, you know, and just kind of the progression from that into what we've come to today is very, it's very interesting. And I think I like this because it, I think it gives us a very compact uh, view of how to view a missionary. It was kind of interesting. Like you said, even during the recording of the episode, I felt like you kind of came around on, on, a, yeah. on some things. <laughs> yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, but uh, that's good. Um, we're going to dive right in, and you're going to hear, you know, a few minutes of uh, our conversation. Remember, part of the point of doing this is that you would maybe go back and then want to hear the entire conversation. Uh, that's why we're giving you this snippet. And uh, so without further ado, let's dive into episode five, Missionary. to create this idea that your next door neighbor is someone worthy of you stepping out of your comfort zone and going up to their door and knocking and saying, hi, I'm, I'm Chelsea. I'm your neighbor. I want you to know Jesus. Like that is the job of a, a Christian, right? Is to, right. is to witness and disciple and bring people into God's presence. To me, that makes sense. Yeah. Everybody is a missionary because everybody is called to carry out the mission of God. We kind of mix up this this terminology of evangelism and mission, and that is the mission. Like, our mm -hmm. mission is to evangelize. Yeah. And so as Christians, we're all involved in that. But as missionaries, there there has to be certain uh, boundaries that are crossed. Uh, there, there are things that we, were, we would say that I say when I'm a missionary that I feel myself constantly saying, like, God made me to do this. Like, he put something in me to serve another culture and to desire to love another culture. 
I think something that can help us with this is uh, David Bosch, probably now 60 years ago actually, kind of defined traditionally what missions is, be, or being a missionary is. And he said it, it uh, deals with crossing one or all or multiple uh, of three barriers. First is culture, or the second could be language, or the third could be geography, literally uh, passing or crossing uh, a barrier or a border is probably the better way to say it. I start to think about the conversations of being a sent church. And so as everywhere around the world has had an opportunity to know who Christ is, and as the world does become more aware of who Christ is, and obviously there's large people groups that have never even heard about Christ's love, but as we are not just one nation or a handful of nations that have to get that gospel message out, but like the world is becoming the capable, the, the carriers of, of getting the gospel message out piece that I I was missing in my teaching. I I was giving a scapegoat. Anyone that wore the title Christian, my expectation of them was way lower than it should have been. Their their job was to show up on Sunday morning. But that's not that's not biblical. That's not what Christ gave us an example of. That's not what's defined in the Bible. And so that term Christian needs to stop being lowered. I don't I don't think we need a title to do missions. That's good. But if we if we felt that we if we feel that we are calling to do that that we are called to do that, mm -hmm. then we have to do it. I mean, we need to tell our local church, our pastor. But if they are they they don't see us as missionaries, we still have to do it. Mm -hmm. I think the the important word here that we mentioned was intentionality. It's, it's that call from God and that sending from the church and the district, but it's that intentionality of going cross-culturally or going to um, this other place that may not be comfortable for you mm -hmm. and doing what God has called you to do in that culture. Mm -hmm. The go is while you are going. Like the verb of that is while you are going make disciples like it, it is a command of Jesus that as you're already in motion like he wasn't like saying hey start this it's as you're going and so that came down to the church the general church that is a command that Christ left for the general church but then even the church said but there's so much more that we need to do in other parts that we can't reach right here and that's what provoked this we need to send people that go to these places where we're not while we're going we're not going there but they need to know too. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, good discussion. And it kind of reminds me actually of this next one. Um, I can't remember if the, if you're the clips you got were from seven or eight. Yeah. They're or from both, both from okay. seven, eight, eight. Cause it was a two parter. Like you can't have one of them without <laughs> yeah. the other. Cause yeah. they kind of go together. Did, I can't remember. Did we Set it for one episode, and then it was like, whoa, there's too much that we're talking about, and we decided think, to just carry it over. I think originally that was the plan, but there's there's so much content in these next two episodes, in episodes seven and eight. It's about the church, and it's, I mean, there's just so much. I couldn't I couldn't cut it up enough yeah. to, to give you a good idea, but you have to go back and listen to these episodes seven and eight, church and more church, because there, it's just so packed full of 
like our view and our I- idea and even cultural ideas of what church is. Well, and even as you say that, I'm wondering, like there are so many other topics we get into on this podcast in the future episodes. Um, and I'm talking future after these seven and eight. Um, <laughs> but the foundation is really who we are as a church. Right. Like if you, if you don't listen to seven and eight, you may kind of, uh, probably we making the podcast are just assuming certain things that we think the, the listener has heard, yeah, you know, and, true. and our theology of the church really underlines everything we do in these episodes. Yeah. Uh, so you'll hear a lot of that in episode seven and eight. You can go visit those, but here's a clip from church or <laughs> episode eight. We named very creatively more church. <laughs> Where is your church is ridiculous to me. Where is your church? What do you mean? Well, I mean, this family lives over there and those students go to that school and this family works at this company over here and we're everywhere. I mean, what do you mean? Where's my church? Usually we're saying, where's my church? It's on that corner. It's this location. And then we're going to church. Oh, that's the one that gets me. But, you know, just even our kids start to roll their eyes immediately when they're like, are we going to church tonight? Which, first of all, yes, we're always going to service. Yes, we're always going on Wednesday and Sunday. We always will. So why do you ask me that? But then the other side of that is we're not going to church. We change our vocabulary and we have now said, even as a family, we're going to service or we're going to be with our church. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's important. Now, some people would be like, oh, my word, that is so over the top. But for me, it's super important. We still talk every day with people that think of church in a certain way. Mm-hmm. What do they think of when they think of church? Well, immediately, um, I, I still have a hard time, like, reformatting my brain to think <laughs> it's not a building. Like, I think when we say church... A mental picture comes into my head of uh, a building with like a cross or a steeple or something, you know. So when we say church, I think a lot of us automatically think of the building, the place where church happens. Well, and the pews really forces your hand when you are creating like a PowerPoint presentation (laughs) and you want to represent church. The very first image that pops into your head is the building. building. Yeah. But the very first thing even that, that pops on Google. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you look at mm-hmm. church, I mean, it's church buildings. Yes. Or even on Facebook pages, if you do a random search for Church of the Nazarene of any city, what's the picture that they have on their profile page? The church, their building. church building. It's not a picture of their people or the congregation. It's it's this building you know, or a property or this mm-hmm. is the church. Interesting. Even mm-hmm. as kids, we're taught here is the church. Here <laughs> yeah. is the steeple. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Like they do say, open, open the doors and hear yeah. all the people. And Why is that not? I'm, I'm right now for all of those that can't see <laughs> doing the actual. We'll take a picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll take, <laughs> take a picture. Here we, we are. This is fingers. a picture. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Um, but interesting that immediately the first thing, of course, it has to rhyme, but the first thing you think is, here's the church. And it sure doesn't look like people at the start. No, it's the steeple. Um, how do we get away from that? We Everyone talks about it. No, no, the church is the people. But do we believe it? How do we move away from that? in Costa Rica and in Honduras. Poas and Tegucigalpa, I don't know the name of the congregation, but those okay. cities, yeah. But they 
are practicing the intentionality that you're talking about um, because they saw that there was this need to reach children and youth in their communities. And so as they were building, like what programs and what kind of church do we want to be as the people, who do we want to reach? Um, and they've created soccer programs around that because they saw children and youth as targets for who they wanted to make sure we're hearing about um, the word of God. And so their actual sanctuary space during the week is converted to soccer fields. <laughs> and that is really like outside of the box thinking for multiple congregations mm -hmm. all over the world. Um, but I know for here in our region that it was really outside of the box. And to me, that's encouraging and it's exciting um, when we have congregations that say, you know, we see that there's a people group that, that need to hear Christ. And we're not just going to open this building for four hours a week. Mm -hmm. You know, we have this building, let's use it to serve yeah. the community and to hear the stories about children and teens and, and even adults that are finding a place in service mm -hmm. within their church because of the missional connection through soccer. Um, it just is really exciting and, and to see how God is challenging those congregations to, to take bigger steps of faith talk about what the Board of General Superintendents in 2014 issued as a definition of a church. And AJ, I think you're going to help us, right? Yeah. It says that any group that meets regularly for spiritual nurture, worship, or instruction at an announced time and place with an identified leader and, and aligned with the message and mission of the Church of the Nazarene can be recognized as a church and reported as such for district and general church statistics. Now, here we are given a definition that's pretty open. So the first part, as we unpack this, is any group that meets regularly for spiritual nurture, worship, or instruction. So let's, let's think about that one first. Anything that grabs your attention there? It doesn't mention age of the group okay. and that's important because sometimes as Christians we think that the church is only adults mm -hmm. and we see the youth and the children as the church of the future mm -hmm. and we're not we're not the church of the future we're the church already mm -hmm. the, ch the children the youth we are the church times when we meet together, we have a lot of names for them. We call them life groups, or we call them small groups, or we call them community groups, or just these small times when we meet together. Those small meeting places could be churches. They could be small groups of churches that maybe one day could even become a larger church. I don't see the word pastor. Interesting. Which I think is really interesting, um, because I... Going back just a little bit on what I saw in the first part of it, um, I think our idea that the church has to be with a certain program, with a certain person up front, and at a certain place um, holds a lot of people back from being church planters. I think a lot of times we make it too complicated that that it has to be this certain program or has to be this certain way. We have to have a building. Where are we going to get the mon money to build a building? Where are we going to get the space in a city of 4 million people crammed, packed with apartments to build a building, you know? But this makes it seem possible, and it makes it seem possible for, for anybody, yeah. I feel like. 
So obviously, you now know a little bit of what we think uh, when we talk about church, uh, but we started to get when the episodes that came after that really down to the nitty gritty of who we are as a ministry um, in Genesis ministry. Uh, some people don't know. Well, that's the name of our ministry and it seeks to make Christ-like disciples in the urban centers. That is to say the big cities of our region, Mesoamerica. And so uh, we decided to dedicate a couple of episodes to urban and uh, we called it as we did with <laughs> more, more church. We called it more urban. Are these clips from both of those episodes? From both again. Yeah. yeah. Cause again, they, they kind of, they kind of play off of one another. And I, I really like these ones too. I like the the city, and I like being able to walk through what it was like to what it's like to like view the city in a different lens, at a, from a different perspective, because we can we see the city. If you live in a city, or even if you don't, the things you notice about the city are like the traffic and the busyness, you know, and all and all the tall buildings and things. But how do you view it from a ministry perspective? How do you view it as the church, as a Christian? As um, an unreached people group, as we talk about, I think in more urban, um, we define the city as an unreached people group uh, because because of the numbers of churches that are not present in yeah. the church. If that makes any in the in the city, if that makes any sense. Yeah, we we've discovered obviously as we were doing some investigation that where we have the most people in our region in our countries, we have the fewest. Uh, Nazarenes or the fewest church members, that's not good. Yeah. Um, so obviously we have churches in some of these big cities, the capital cities, um, uh, but we need a bigger presence. That's a word that we keep using in these, in these episodes too. We need a presence of not just, hey, we got a building and you know we planted our flag, but how can we have a presence in the city? So uh, I hope you enjoy these episodes, episodes 11 and 12 urban and more urban. Part of the conversation that I'd love to have with you guys is what our understanding of urban means. Um, four to five years ago, if you had asked me what my understanding of urban or city was, I don't know that I would have been able to tell you that. I, I think we all have this idea of what city means. Urbanization is taking place all over the world because of the culture that's created in the city. Um, so statistics tell us that one out of every two people live in an urban center hmm. today, live in one of these cities. One out of two? One out of two people, over 50%. In the, in the world? Yeah, mm -hmm. in the world. I think sometimes it's very easy to think about the poverty it's easy to think about the slums. In fact, slums are growing a lot. Um, but there's also the other side of the coin. What's the other side of the coin? If they're not extremely poor, they're extremely wealthy. wealthy. Yeah. Because what do we find in the urban areas? We find banks. We find mm. education. We find um, medical services, yeah. businesses. Like right. The people are in the city. And so as a church, we need to be in the city because the people is there, are there. Mm -hmm. And all these things, this the culture of the city, as you're talking about, it changes the way people think. So it's the people who are living out in the country um, aren't going to think the same way as the people who live in the city. Like mm -hmm. their mentality, their the way they live is just completely different. So the church has to be different in that aspect as well. The thing that's jarred me is understanding the dichotomy between our population as a whole in this region, 79%, but then 
the lack of church presence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, knowing that we're only 27 or 29 percent of our church members as the Church of the Nazarene are in those same cities. Mm-hmm. It's not that we don't have any churches in some of these big cities, but to me, something has to change. We have to go back to the city. The most people who don't know the Lord are in our cities, in our region. Uh, just speaking of our region, right. are, are in the cities just mm-hmm. by nature of the population, mm-hmm. and uh, and so in that sense, they are unreached. If we are a church in the city, why do we still use the methods that are only effective in the rural context? So, have you had your own thoughts on that, Frank? Yeah, I think I have. Yeah, because <laughs> well, I think as as a Nazarene church or as a Christian church, we prefer to look we we prefer not to look at our reality because sometimes or most of the times we think that is bigger than us, and we don't think that we have all like all the answers to the to the questions out there or all the solutions, and so we we decide not to look at it. Mm. or just ignore the reality, mm-hmm. yeah. to ignore the reality. and But it's there. It's not going away. What are other things that we need to take into account when we think about city church versus maybe what we would consider a country or a rural church? We've not only got to change our church planters mentality that you're going to plant a church and there's not going to be a building, but also the people that they're, they're reaching they still see, even though they may never have encountered the gospel, they still know that Christians go to a church building. Yes. And so now you're saying, we're going to send a church planter. We're going to present the gospel for the first time to you. And then we're going to tell you we're going to do it totally different. <laughs> <Right>. Surprise! <laughs> Sometimes I think the problem is that we are not willing to think differently because we think that if we change our methods, we change our mission. Right. Our and identity. if we think differently, maybe it's dangerous for uh, for us as, ch- as a church. And those kind of things are an obstacle if we are tr- if we are trying to reach the city. We're not making an impact in the city if we just keep the same things, right. the same methods. Right. We need to have this moment and uh, mentality of understanding what God is doing in the city. Mm. Um, That's what's going to give us the passion for being there. That's what's going to give us this uh, moment and ability to say we are going to be the church in the city because God's doing something in Mm. the city. I am not content with thinking that global global migration is happening um, to the cities just because. That, that does not fly for me. Um, I really do think that when we flip through the pages of our Bible and we get to Revelation, we start to see the beautiful unfolding mm-hmm. of what heaven is going to look like. And what are those images that we see? We see images of every nation, mm-hmm. of every tribe, of every language group. We even see creatures that have, like, lots of weird eyes and <laughs> and wings. And, um, they're but, hey, we see that in the city, too. That's right. You never know what you're going to see. That's right. Um, but I think that God is bringing us to the city. I really think that he's moving people to the city so that we can start to experience um, what our eternity is going to be like. It's not enough to say that we are going to live compartmentalized lives and we do it this way here and you do it that way there and we never have to connect. The city says, "Uh uh-uh, 
And that is not how it works. We all network. We live together. We die together. We're doing this thing together. And I think it's a beautiful, beautiful analogy of what God does in his kingdom. As we started to get into uh, specifics on uh, our pod, our podcast and what we can offer others, I don't know. Uh, I listen to so many podcasts, and uh, <laughs> there are podcasts that a lot that actually talk about being a healthy church or what we should be as a church. There are there are podcasts that talk about missions. Yeah. Um, some podcasts, not a lot, that talk about urban urban ministry, but uh, very few. I haven't found hardly any that really dive into culture. Interesting. And uh, and so we decided to do that. I think we dedicated episodes twenty two and twenty three to different aspects of culture. I'm, if I'm remembering <laughs> correctly, we didn't we have like an article. Yeah. It had images. Yeah. So episode 22 is um, us like walking through our, our miscon- misconceptions about culture and like our view of our culture. But then episode, 20, episode 23 uh, is walking through this article that you mentioned of these infographs that, <laughs> that just depict like one cur- culture versus the other. And in these infographs, it was the Western German culture versus the Eastern China culture, right? And we kind of talked about those and what how those impacted. That was really fun for me. I think it was really fun, hopefully for our listeners too. But I am so just enthralled by culture. Yes. I want to learn more. I just want to know more. I love discovering new cultures. And this was kind of a fun way to do that, just um, comparing these two, these two cultures or these two mindsets. And we get kind of silly in, yeah. in episode 22. This was a fun one. Like now as I'm, I'm remembering it, it really was. And you can visit back on uh, 22, especially 23, and you'll see the links to the articles and the infographs and things. It's it's brilliant, really, the, <laughs> the person that came up with them. And hilarity ensued as we shared different stories from what has happened yeah. to us here in the Dominican Republic and many other countries. So enjoy episodes 22, 23. Here's a snippet from those on culture. My definition written from Ed Setzer's blog um, starts with, we use the term culture to refer to the common ideas, feelings, and values that guide community and personal behavior, that organize and regulate what the group thinks, feels, and does about God, the world, and humanity. People that have lived underneath those types of governments might not even realize that that's a piece of who they are, you know, where maybe for us, we might see it blaring in our face, but for them, that's just what life is. This is how we live life together. And so for you, it's weird, but for us, it's normal. And so it was interesting for somebody to challenge me to think, you know, always dig deeper of the, don't just assume somebody can't think about why they can't or why they won't or why they don't desire to change. You know, for me, it's like, oh, well, everybody should want to change, but maybe there's something that lies deeper mm-hmm. that that has created that culture of, to me, what seems weird, but is normal. And I think that's like the, the balance of this conversation is you don't want to make anybody feel bad because culture is neutral, you know, culture is culture. But at the same time, we're kind of living in this tension of, understanding and and bringing biblical culture to, you know, culture, worldly culture. And that's where, you know, a missions podcast like this one probably takes a little bit more of a, uh, of the front seat of saying, well, and what, how do we enlace these two things? Even if someone from another culture comes to your culture, like they bring their culture with them. It's not like 
they're all of a sudden different or they're all of a sudden all of a sudden changed just because they're in a new place like your culture is is who you are deep down you can't you can't be a person without culture and i think that's really interesting especially coming from um a country and now living in a in a city that is so um diverse and there's a lot of immigration and so those people who immigrate to a new place they bring that culture with them and change in some aspect the the already existing culture so why does culture matter why would god create all these different cultures i think it's uh, a beautiful thing the diversity i mentioned before how i enjoyed figuring that out about other cultures but i really enjoy diversity and i think um, that speaks to to god's character that he is not just um someone who is for one specific type of person. Like he is a God for everybody. It's easier to have a homogenous community. I mean, and that is a fact. It is a fact. It's easier for everybody to be the same. Just talking about ease. Right. Yes, it's easier. Right. But does that mean it's right? And I, I would beg to say that doesn't mean it's right. Just because it's easy doesn't mean it's right. I think a lot of us, we've been like thought, taught that... Uh, if it's something is different, then it's wrong. If, if something is different mm. from what we are used to do or from what we are used to think, then it's wrong. And and that's part of our, our culture, maybe, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we start to learn about other cultures from uh, the perspective that it's different, but it's not wrong, then you can learn a lot and then you can appreciate and then you can um, you can see uh, why they value something that you maybe you don't or maybe you, you see as a, a bad thing but then you start to think different but uh, I think you have to make the decision and that's something personal on the left side the blue side you see an American line um, it looks like German. Or, or German, or German I suppose um, nice and straight more or less um, leading up to the entrance. People waiting their turn. Yes, people waiting their turn, nice and quiet and patient. Like, <laughs> Wait, I'm, and then, I'm, I'm cracking up already because this is. And then on the right side, the red side, the the Asian side, it's just a bunch of dots, bunch of people like crowded around the entrance. It's just, like an amoeba. Yes, uh -huh, <laughs> like attacking the <laughs> entrance. Yes. Attacking <laughs> the entrance. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We used to live near Orlando, and so we went to a couple soccer games. The first soccer game we went to was um, Orlando City soccer game, and uh, there were a lot of a lot of white people there, a lot of American nationals there, and to get into the into the stadium, uh, everybody formed a nice uh, single file line, and you waited your turn to to hand in your ticket, and you went on in. Um, sometimes they had like the snake line, you know, with the with the rails up, but you know it was it was nice and organized. It felt like to me. And then we went to a Mexico versus Costa Rica soccer game at the same stadium. In the uh, same city. In the same city a couple months later. <laughs> and it was completely different. <laughs> it was exactly like a, a mob of people attacking the gate. If there was a space to get closer to the entrance, you had to take that space or else you weren't worthy of getting inside. You know? so, <laughs> It's when we first came to the Dominican Republic, I didn't realize that 
people didn't eat in the same order that I've eaten my entire life. Hmm. Breakfast is like almost non-existent to me. I drink milkshake and then for lunch I have a milkshake. Okay. It's a little healthier than it's ice cream. <laughs> 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 yes. For all of you people who are worried for That's my right. well-being, it's a protein shake. <laughs> <laughs> but for for lunch, it was usually a sandwich or leftovers, and then dinner. We'd usually cook something kind of nice. Um, I have an app that does that for me, so that's great. Um, so I remember the first time that one of our Dominican friends invited us over for a meal. They didn't specify. They just said, sometime you need to come over and eat with us. And I'm thinking, oh, like dinner. Like, so I'm thinking, okay, well, we work until 5 every day, blah, blah, blah. Like, what time can we go over there and how long does it take? And I'm, like, making all these plans. And they're thinking, lunch. <laughs> And she wanted us to come over and have a huge lunch, bigger than what I would equate for dinner. And it was, like, carb-loaded with lots of rice, <laughs> lots of just good Dominican food. <laughs> it's really good. But I looked at my plate when I got to her house because finally I figured out it was lunch. And I'm still thinking sandwich or something <laughs> small. And I look at my plate and I'm like, there's absolutely no way I'm ever going to finish this. <laughs> so just like recognizing the fact that it's so overwhelming when you go to a new culture and then you're expected to eat on their schedule. Does culture matter? I think it matters because that is what we all live in. It's who it's part of how we've been created and formed. That moves us to episode 36. Episode 36 uh, is dedicated to something pretty important, uh, prayer. And uh, specifically, uh, we selected this one. Uh, Obviously, prayer is very important, but it also introduces us to what we call the 10 characteristics of a Genesis church. Uh, Prayer is actually the eighth characteristic. This was the eighth, yeah. yeah, So we had done a little earlier than that, of course, but... um, But this can give you kind of an idea, and you can visit us on mesoamericagenesis.org to find out more information, or you can listen to these podcasts, honestly. And so this one dealt with the eighth characteristic, and it's just that a Genesis church is constantly interceding, not just for, I'm paraphrasing, not just for their own needs, but for their community. What do you remember about this? I I really like how we kind of break down prayer prayer. I think I say in the episode, the full episode also that prayer is kind of this um, area of uncertainty for me. Not that I don't pray, but like I've, I've never really been taught how to pray or like walk through uh, how to pray. And so for me, like prayer is more of this mindset and I like how we walk through that, but also we break down the wording used in this Genesis characteristic of um, intentionality. And yeah. that's something that if you've listened to our episodes, we say that word a lot on, on our podcast. And this is one of, one of the first times I think that we like really lean into that and say, why do we, why did we choose that? Um, and why were we intentional about using the word interceding, you know, instead of just praying for. And so the, that was, that was a really good conversation. I think for me in my development of what prayer is. 
Yeah, absolutely. This is good. And uh, when we say, some people have wondered, like, why do you say a Genesis church? You know, isn't it a Nazarene church or a Christian church? Absolutely. But we realized as we're sending out missionaries and planting churches in the cities of our region um, with Genesis, with with our uh, ministry, we needed to define what type of churches, you know, they may vary greatly according to culture and context and uh, strategy and personality, honestly, of the pastors or missionaries. Um, but there need to be fundamentals. And these are the 10 characteristics. And of course, one, uh, one of those is episode 36, prayer. So hope you enjoy. Prayer service is the least attended. Is that mm-hmm. fair to say? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. there's something that people know about yeah, I'm not going to be able to make that one, you know? <laughs> and and it should be that the prayer service is the one where it's like, oh man, God's going to show up to that one because yeah. uh-huh. we are we yeah. are praying and it, that's the best service of the week. Right. Yeah. That's true. Now, we didn't put praying. Is there a difference between just pray, praying and interceding? It should be the same, but it it is not the same. Okay. Um, To me... Praying, as Jesus has taught us to pray, is interceding on behalf of other people. But we have separated it, and and prayer is something that you ask God for things for your personal life, or you you tell God about the woes and troubles in your life. Um, But interceding is stepping in between a person and their trouble, or a person and God, and, and begging Christ to forgive them even though they're not asking for it or begging Christ to intercede in um, whatever the case may be, their life of some sort, it's stepping in that gap. That's what prayer should Mm. be (laughs) always. But I feel like we have separated it. The word was chosen that was intercession because all of the characteristics of a Genesis church have this outward focus. Mm. Like it's not about what's going on inside the walls of this church or even necessarily just the people that are inside the walls of this church. It's about what the people are doing outside the walls. And so the prayer that takes place as the church, we want a Genesis church and we would even say that a, a healthy missional church is a church that's interceding in the last half of it is for their community and for the world. And in order to intercede for their community, that inherently means that they have to know their community. Hmm. Like, how are they going to pray for X person, you know, this person that lives two doors down from where our building is, and if I don't know them, or hopefully a lot of our church lives right there in the neighborhood, you know, that's like the ideal circumstance of there's not a lot of commuting in. So you would say, well, my neighbor, you know, Claudia needs to know the Lord, and we, I want to pray for her this week, and her daughter's really struggling because uh, she's trying to get into medical school, and she's been rejected three times. But, like, you have to know your community mm-hmm. in order to pray for your community. Mm-hmm. And so it became the essence of what we wanted out of this characteristic of a church that intimately knows their community so that they can intimately pray for their community as well. That, I think, is something that we often miss is that it's when we do prayer in community, it's not just like for the community. It's for each other, for the church as well. But mm-hmm. um, it's it's not just a personal thing that we do alone. It's a, a community yeah. time. I, 
highly encourage you to just look for Epic Battle soundtrack and like do it and do it for five minutes. Like pray for five minutes with that in the background. And it totally changes the way that you pray for something because you start to see that, man, me being on my knees is my battle. And this is what is going to get me through this day. And no matter what it is that is going to face me in this day or what is facing my children or what is facing my marriage, like I'm covering it from the very get-go. And um, and I know that I've gotten, I've grown in faith because my prayers have become more battle-oriented and asking the Lord to fight for me. And, and I think if we can have churches that truly say, this is our battlefield. Yes. And like in order for us to be the church that God has given us the opportunity to be, we have to go to the battlefront in prayer. I think the more that we can be compassionate about it, the more that we're going to be the church that he desires us to be. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, it was a little longer than uh, than maybe our normal episodes are, but I think you understand why. Man, we're giving you some pretty good content here. I yeah. mean, these are good clips from some key episodes, yeah. and we're not saying that the other 45 that we didn't mention <laughs> in the first 50 aren't worthy. Worthy, interesting, as we say. That is worthless. interesting. We're They're worthless, worthless actually. Yeah. Maybe that's a Freudian <laughs> slip. I don't know. These, these are five that we would say would be worth your time to download, to listen, and, um, or to re-listen if you've already listened to absolutely, them. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, even for us, as we've been kind of revisiting them, it's been like good to to remember and to recall kind of our conversation Definitely. on those. I think we'll sign off here. Uh, next episode, we will be dedicating, of course, to uh, the last 50 episodes, and uh, we'll just select five of those as well. But remember, you guys can visit us on our Facebook page, The Worthless Servants. You can go to that mesoamericagenesis.org website, and honestly, we want to hear from you. What was your favorite episode? What would you like us maybe to, to cover in the future, topics in the future? So with that said, we are the Worthless Servants, and, and we don't have us all in the room this time, but I'm Scott Armstrong. And I'm AJ Fry. And we'll talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at mesoamericagenesis.org.